Welcome to the listener's commentary on the New Testament. Your guide is pastor and theologian Dr. John Whitaker, and the heart behind these studies is to help you better understand the text of Scripture so you can more fully live it out. It's all about helping you learn and live the Bible. Here is the book of 2 Timothy. Welcome to the listener's commentary on 2 Timothy. My name is John Whitaker. I'm the host and creator of the listener's commentary, and At the outset, let me just say a huge thank you to those of you who make the listener's commentary possible. The listener's commentary is a listener-supported podcast, and it's only possible because of the faithful and generous support of tons of people who faithfully pray and faithfully give so that this podcast can be given away for free. So thanks a ton to your support. If you want to join the team of supporters, we have increased needs for help and admin help. And so any support will help this this podcast and this commentary continue to impact thousands of people all around the world and continue to reach more and more people in doing that. So if you want to join the team of supporters, You can do so by swinging over to listenerscommentary.com and clicking the Give button, and you can set up a one-time or a monthly donation right there. So thanks a ton for all of you who make this ministry possible and for the impact you are having through that on thousands of people around the world who are studying the Bible along with the Listener's Commentary. All right, let's jump into Paul's second letter to Timothy. 2 Timothy is the last letter we have of Paul in the New Testament, and it is written to his longtime colleague Timothy, and it is considered one of the pastoral epistles because Paul is giving guidance and encouragement to Timothy, a colleague in ministry. While technically there's not as much pastoral guidance here as, say, in 1 Timothy, there still is some of that. And thus, it is considered one of the pastoral epistles. So let's jump into verses 1 and 2, the opening and greeting, and then use that to springboard into the situation behind the letter. 2 Timothy opens this way. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, according to the promise of life in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my beloved son. And this follows the standard way letters were expected to operate and begin in the first century of the Greco-Roman Empire. The standard way that worked was you would have the sender and the recipient and then some sort of greeting. And so Paul to Timothy, greetings. That was the way letters were supposed to work. What we get in this letter, as well as all the other New Testament letters, is that standard letter opening but amplified and in some ways almost like baptized into Christ. So Paul introduces himself at the beginning. Paul, he is the sender, and he describes himself as an apostle of Christ Jesus. And the word apostle basically means one sent. It specifically referred to an official representative of somebody. So one sent representing somebody else. In this case, Paul identifies that he is sent by Christ Jesus as a representative or ambassador of Christ Jesus. And when we talk about Christ, just remember that Christ is not part of his name. It's a title. It means anointed one. It's the Greek version of the Hebrew Messiah, and it means to be anointed as king. So to identify Jesus as Christ is to identify him as king. And so Paul is an apostle, an official representative of King Jesus, and he's that by the will of God. 
That is, it was by God's plan and God's design that Paul should be an apostle of King Jesus. And that phrase, by the will of God, really recalls all of Paul's calling and commissioning that occurred in the wake of what happened to him on the Damascus Road. And you can read about that in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 9, and the story of Paul's conversion and his commissioning that happened there. And so when Paul says that he is an, an apostle by the will of God, he's really recalling that, how uh, Jesus appeared to him on the road to Damascus. Paul was on his way, actually, to seek out and arrest Christians and bring them back to Jerusalem for trial. And yet Jesus met him right outside the city of Damascus. He was blind as a result of the bright light in which Jesus uh, appeared to him in. And he ended up fasting and praying for three days until God sent a man by the name of Ananias to Paul to preach the gospel to him, to baptize him into Christ, and to really commission him as an apostle. And so um, Ananias was the one God used to do all of that. And so Paul was called by Jesus and commissioned by God to be an apostle of King Jesus according to the promise of life in Christ Jesus. And so that really captures the heart of what Jesus has achieved and the heart of the ministry and message of Jesus that Paul sees himself preaching. And so he is one who is going to, as a representative of Jesus, he's going to proclaim the promise of life that is available in Christ Jesus. So that's Paul, the sender of the letter, with descriptives of who he is, to Timothy, my beloved son. And we actually know who Timothy is as well, right? Timothy is a longtime associate of Paul. He was originally from the town of Lystra, right in the heart of what is now modern-day Turkey. And Paul started a church in Lystra on his first missionary journey, and it seems like, from what we can piece together in Acts, that Timothy became a follower of Jesus as a part of Paul's planting of that church there on his first missionary journey. In fact, not only Timothy, but his uh, mom and dad did as well. And Paul refers to him here as his beloved son because Timothy was his spiritual son. He was his son in the faith. Paul had led him to faith in Jesus through his ministry. And then a few years later, at the beginning of Paul's second missionary journey, he wanted to revisit those churches he started on his first journey. So he traveled back through Lystra. And it was at that time that he picked up Timothy to be a traveling companion and colleague in ministry. Again, you can read that story at the beginning of Acts 16. And so Timothy and Paul have had a long relationship uh, that has gone back almost 20 years. They've worked together in ministry for about 15 years. And uh, Timothy is very dear to Paul. And so he refers to him here as my beloved son. Um, and if you want to know more about uh, Timothy and the relationship between Timothy and Paul, you can actually see the intro to 1 Timothy and the backstory to 1 Timothy for more on that. So Paul to Timothy, and then the greetings. And in uh, a typical Greek letter, all you would have at this point was the word chirine, which means greetings. But chirine sounds a lot like charis, which is the word for grace. And so Paul took that and changed that into the word for grace. And so you get grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. And so 
Paul has sort of adapted the standard Greek greeting. In a sense, he's almost baptized it into Christ and made it a little bit more theological. And often in Paul's letters, all you get are grace and peace. And that makes sense because Chirine was the standard Greek greeting, and it sounds like kara, so grace, and shalom was the standard Hebrew greeting, and that means peace, so grace and peace. In the case of 2 Timothy here, he throws in a third word, and that word is mercy. So grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. And that's the opening to 2 Timothy. And as with any letter... This opening invites us into a story, a story of the relationship between Paul and Timothy, which we've already highlighted, but also a story about what the situation is at the exact moment this letter is written. So what is the story behind the letter of 2 Timothy? Well, as we've noted in the general backstory to the pastorals and to 1 Timothy, there are some questions about where these letters fit into the chronology of Paul's life. So how do they, how, exactly where do they show up? But long-standing church and long-standing scholarly teaching has been that this letter is the last letter we have from Paul, that he wrote it to Timothy from his second Roman imprisonment, the one that led eventually to his execution. Paul's first Roman imprisonment is the one that's described in the book of Acts in Acts chapter 28. And Roman law required that accusers present their charges in person and do so within two years. Well, Acts 28 notes that Paul was there in Rome for two years and there's no record of his trial. And so most likely, based on the way the book of Acts ends, most likely on the records of very, very early church tradition, most likely Paul was released at the end of that imprisonment recorded in Acts, and then he did some more traveling and ministry. In fact, some in the early church even said that Paul achieved his long-desired hope of traveling all the way to the west to Spain. So perhaps that happened as well. But here's what seems to be the most likely scenario behind 2 Timothy. Paul was released from that first Roman imprisonment. He continued to travel and preach, perhaps to Spain, maybe not. And Timothy had been stationed in Ephesus, carrying on some ministry there. Paul wrote him the first letter and at some point probably visited Ephesus and Timothy there as well. Then Paul was arrested again and taken to Rome probably arrested in the city of Troas uh, as we piece together some of the things that happen. And perhaps even uh, one of the instigators in that arrest was a man by the name of Alexander. Here's what Paul says in 2 Timothy chapter 4 that kind of hints in that direction. 2 Timothy 4, 13 through 15 says, When you come to Timothy, when you come, Timothy, bring the overcoat which I left at Troas with Carpus, and the books, especially the parchments. Alexander the coppersmith did me great harm. The Lord will repay him according to his deeds. Be on guard against him yourself too, for he vigorously opposed our teaching. Now, we don't know who this Alexander the coppersmith is, but it seems like in this context that 
It's possible. Again, not 100% clear, but it's possible. Paul was at Troas. Alexander the coppersmith is the one that stirred up some trouble that led to his arrest, forcing him to then be taken back to Rome. He left. It happened so quickly that he didn't even have his his outer cloak, his what he calls his overcloak, and he left behind some parchments that he really wanted. So some of his supplies were left behind because of what happened there in Troas. And so most likely... Uh, that's where Paul was probably arrested again and then transported to Rome. And it's possible that this Alexander the coppersmith is one of the instigators that led to that. And this second imprisonment then seems to have been way more severe than the first from what Paul writes here in Second uh, Timothy. And in fact, early church tradition actually has him being in more of a dungeon-like situation rather than in house arrest. The first imprisonment that you can read about in Acts was a house arrest. Um, here in Second Timothy, early church tradition has it more, more serious, more severe, more dungeon-like, and some traditions even associated with what's called the Mamertine Prison there in Rome. And I'll put a, some pictures of that, a little description of that, in the study hub so you can uh, check out uh, some details about the Mamertine Prison if you want to know that. But the situation by the time Paul writes this letter seems quite dire. Many of Paul's colleagues have abandoned him. Some he's sent to other places for ministry. Some have abandoned him because the situation is so bad. They're afraid for their own lives. And Paul is kind of frustrated, it seems, a little bit by that. So now he wants Timothy to come and come as quickly as he can because Timothy has been his like longest and closest colleague in ministry. And so he wants Timothy to come to him. He says, I want you to come soon. He also, as we just read in chapter four, wants him to bring that outer cloak. And he says later that he, he wants him to try to get there before winter, if at all possible. And so it's probably... Uh, entering into fall, maybe even sometime in the fall. And he wants Timothy to leave Ephesus, go to Troas, pick up his coat, pick up his parchments, and get to Rome. And he wants to try him to try to get there before winter, because once sailing is closed on the Mediterranean, it's going to be hard to get there. Paul's in this desperate situation in prison. He, he doesn't have his coat, and so it's going to get really cold and damp and miserable. And so he wants Timothy to come with some of those supplies. It seems like, from what Paul says at the end of the letter, that uh, Tychicus is the mail carrier who's delivering the letter, and so he's going to bring the letter, and it also sounds like Tychicus is going to then stay there in Ephesus, where Timothy is at, to replace Timothy and carry on the work in Ephesus, so Timothy can get to Paul in Rome. One other detail that shows up at the end of chapter 4 as well is that Paul's already had an initial hearing and he wasn't condemned to death at that, but it didn't quite go super well. And Paul's pretty sure when he gets his second and final hearing that it's not going to turn out well. He expects a negative outcome for that, and he anticipates that that will lead to his execution. And so, as we read 2 Timothy, we should picture Paul quite alone in a Roman prison, believing his time is very short and wanting his closest friend and closest colleague to come, come to him, bring a few important supplies. And that's the situation behind Paul's second letter to Timothy.